0: Because I knew this was a supernatural being. I don't know who, because I questioned. I was like, Lord?
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: he spoke, his words weren't audible words. I felt them in my, in my body, and I vibrated. And he said, no, you know who this is. And I vibrated when he spoke, and I, I immediately was gripped with fear because I knew I was living in rebellion.
2: Good morning, everybody. Today we are with Christina Chaney. She is a wife, mom, her and her husband co pastor, Activate Ministries in Alpharetta, Georgia. And she has an amazing testimony of coming to Jesus after being in the secular music industry, the inner rooms with famous music artists, and encountering perhaps the devil himself. So thank you so much for being with us today, Christina. I'm so excited to hear your testimony and just everything that God revealed to you about the spirit world. So thanks for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Your vision of the devil is just absolutely crazy. And I'm so glad that that brought you back to Jesus. My testimony is so similar. It took seeing Mm -hmm. the dark side for me to realize like, all of this is real, and there's real spiritual yeah. dangers, and sometimes that's what it takes to bring us back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that it it had that effect in your life as well. Would yeah. you mind just starting with telling us a little bit of your testimony and what even led you into the music industry?
0: Yeah, so I, um, I grew up in a Christian household, and my mom specifically was very um, adamant about cultivating my gifts. She, she realized I could sing. She realized I loved to dance and any opportunity that there was a stage present, I hopped on the stage. So she just wanted to really cultivate that for me. So she put me in dance, she put me in piano lessons. She, anything that was creative, like cultivating, she put me in that. And, um, but all the while I like was in church all the time. Um, so like choir dance ministry, youth ministry, all that stuff. And, I I can remember exactly when I realized I wanted to sing for the world, which was when I I watched Whitney Houston's music video for I Will Always Love You. And I remember her voice was so powerful, so magnetic. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. And so I think that just kind of started my venture into wanting to sing and wanting to like, I don't know. I think there was this desire for uh, attention, which is weird because I got attention from my family. I got attention from, from all the stuff I was doing. So it wasn't like I lacked that. It was just very interesting Mm -hmm. point to, to realize, but, um, and then of course, you know, we get cable. And so you have MTV, we have VH1, Mm -hmm. we have all these outlets and MTV was like the thing. And they played all the best shows right after school. And my parents weren't home. So I was watching it and, and they didn't want us to watch it, but we watched it anyway. And I was just like, captivated by these music videos and by like the singing and the music and it was just um just enigmatic like I I wanted to do that and I loved music and dancing so it was just it was just in me and I remember like church was just the complete opposite of demonstrating those gifts it was very like seemed very tight and very boring and very like you know just the lack of of revelation at the time but and also Mm -hmm. culturally like the music at that time and the early nineties was not for the Christian world. It was very like church hymns. It was very like mm. boring. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do what I want to do in there. So I have to do it in the world. Right. So this is my, my mind. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was being indoctrinated by what I was seeing that, you know, the church world is limiting, but the world is fun. It's limitless. You can do whatever you want. You can share your gifts. Yeah. And so that kind of was what, what brought me into, you know, I can't wait to turn 18 so I can do it my way.
1: I yep. can pursue
0: my career for my way. And that's kind of how it started the road and the road into the music industry. I, which was weird because I, I didn't know anyone in the industry, but the moment I turned 18, I, I, auditioned for the Florida Marlins dance team. And that opened up a whole nother world of access to mm. club life and celebrities and promotion, promoters and PR, that whole world. Yeah. And when people found out I could sing, they were introducing me to people that they knew. Oh, I have a friend who's a producer. Oh, I know so and So who's a producer. And so that's kind of how I got introduced into that world.
2: Okay. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I was reflecting with a friend like a few months back just how much MTV shaped us as well. Um, <laughs> from Jersey Shore and like then you wa- you get exposed to this and you want to like live this out. You think this is yeah. fun and glamorous and especially being a young mind um and not yet like maybe like you grew up in church but you didn't yet have that like personal relationship mm-hmm. um it didn't it, it hadn't landed for you, why your walk with Jesus and doing things his way was important yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So you dabbled in the world a bit. So um, dancing led you into um, being exposed to these people. And so then you start singing. So then what was your time like just early on in the music industry? Like you, you were about to pop off basically, right?
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely starting cuz um I um so just kind of fast-forwarding I end up, you know, you meet producers who have more connections and have more stability and more credibility and that just kind of how I landed with the independent label that I was signed to and we eventually got a deal with Universal Republic
1: mm-hmm. to
0: um it started off with a single deal which is basically like we're going to put all this money behind one song when it takes off then we'll go ahead and put more money behind an album. Okay. Um and so I was working with you know um World-renowned producers and um, artists. So, like, I've worked with Sean Paul. I've worked with Busta Rhymes. I've worked wow. with Gucci Main. I've opened up for Nicki Minaj. I've, I, I mean, I, and I'm saying this to provide credibility to my story. Yes. Like, um, Rihanna came to my house. So, my my manager at the time was cl- friends with Rihanna. So, I I partied at Diddy's house. Like, yeah. I had connections and I had access and I was. I had I had meetings with huge managers who were, like, trying to, like, basically figure out a way to get me more notability, more, mm. more fame, I guess. Because it was just, it was a lot. And the biggest question that everyone was always asking me was, who are you as an artist? And I could never answer that question because God, let me just back up. God was always a part of my life because, mm-hmm. again, I was raised in a Christian household with par- praying parents. Um, I always heard God, not like the audible voice of God, but I, I I heard him like, hey, don't go there. Hey, be careful with this. Or I love you. Just those kind of moments. But yeah. I was living in rebellion. Yeah. I and in ignorance, thinking, okay, God, well, how about let me do this first? And then when this takes off and I get old, then I could follow you. Because again, in my mind, following God, living for God was very rigid, very boxed, square life. Yeah. And um it's interesting how he allowed me to go down that dark path. But he was with me the whole time protecting mm-hmm. me from a lot of stuff. Cause I, I've had peers, friends who've experienced like sexual abuse and harassment and things like that in the same room that I was in. And it never it never came to me. So yeah. that was like literally the protection of God. But yeah, I I was on the cusp, like so much so that my hair was red at one point. And Rihanna had just dyed her hair red. And they told me I have to change my hair <laughs> color. That's how oh that's gosh. how like how close and how yeah. you know um just how real it was becoming um yeah. and i can remember the more i got exposed to this world the darker and more fearful i became like in mm-hmm. my spirit i can't i can't explain it except giving different stories and recounts of of what i'm talking about like specifically one one time i was in the studio working with eric morello who actually i didn't know this until last year that he he died a couple of years ago of a drug overdose, I think, or I can't remember what happened, but I remember he was heavy in drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working with him at the time. And I remember in this, being in the studio writing, just trying to write lyrics to some of his songs. Um, and I, I remember, I don't know who said this. It could have been the Holy Spirit. I don't know. <laughs> but I heard, there are demons here and you've let them in. Mm. And... I remember being afraid like having this fear around me as I'm writing lyrics because I remember the lyrics I remember something telling me it's okay to press the envelope push the envelope whatever that phrase yeah. um and write edgy like sinless love which is basically sex before marriage or yep. you know just writing these really edgy borderline blasphemous lyrics just to get that you know how the industry is very big on um lyrically creating just edgy content, things that will yeah. really get your mind going crazy. And so I remember writing these lyrics and having conflict in my spirit, like, why am I afraid? What is, what is this, this pressure in the spirit was like just very oppressing.
1: Mm-hmm. So that
0: was just one scenario of, of like realizing the power of music and the influence of music. And yeah. I, didn't I was like, well, I'll pray and ask God to forgive me, but I'm still going to do this.
2: Hey, everybody. First off, thank you so much for watching. Secondly, if you're enjoying this conversation, please support this show by liking, subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing it with a friend. And now back to the episode. I'm glad that you brought those things up, and I'm also glad that you established your credibility with the kind of um environment and people that you are around because nobody wants to like we grew up on these songs nobody wants to admit that um their favorite music artist might be being used by the devil um that's a hard pill to swallow a lot of us would rather stay in denial like oh taylor swift no way um post malone no way and maybe it didn't start out that way for them um but it's i don't know if it's them getting more involved like deeper into um the world of the music industry, deeper into the fame. And then if there's a next level to this, can you kind of go into what it even means to sell somebody's, to sell one's soul to the devil and sort of like what the practical steps of that might be?
0: It's crazy because for me, it didn't start off that way. It was very innocent. I just wanted to sing and dance. This was in me. It still is in me. And um, I didn't realize that that is a gift from God that's supposed to be used to glorify him. And I didn't realize that at the time, you know, before, you know, my ignorant mind in my ignorant mind that there is only there are two kingdoms and that's it. There's no gray area. There's no in between. It's just two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of God and then there's a kingdom of darkness where Satan is ruler of and all that kind of stuff. And in the beginning with music, it didn't start off. Oh, you know, well, let me go ahead and just show a little scheme here and say a little, you know, say these lyrics it wasn't like that it was just like i want to sing and because of my innocence they're they're agents of satan which is basically anyone who doesn't believe in god unfortunately is an agent yeah. of the enemy that's that's it they don't know whether they know they know or don't know it is what it is Period. so they say things like well you know it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that and as long as you're still here you know just just manipulating yeah manipulating and i didn't speaking personally i can't speak for these other artists but there are fruit that I can point out. And the fruit is the the music that you listen to, the content that you watch, how does it make you feel afterwards? Mm. What is it inspiring you to do? Mm-hmm. What is What do you feel? What emotion is it invoking in you? So music transcends into the spirit realm. It, it invokes emotion. It invokes ideas and inspiration and, and memories even. And so music is so powerful, and the enemy knows that, and even God mm-hmm. knows that it. it's used to glorify him. It's used to bring us, his people, into a higher consciousness of the awareness of truth and freedom and it's it's an it's I always say like worship, music is like a ship bringing us into the presence of God. He's already yeah. here, but our minds you know when we when we live in sin, we are living in shame and guilt, and we're we create the distance from God. God doesn't yeah. create it from us. So, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, um, again, it didn't start off like that for me. I just wanted to sing. But then over time, the little, you know, roaches in the spirit would just add to my lies, add yeah. to the lies of the enemy. Like God is boring mm-hmm. Living for God. Singing for God will be very boring. It was, boring was a big word. And I think it's, as a teenager, you get bored easily, especially in, yeah. The, early 2000s. We didn't have social media. I think I'm older than you. We didn't have social media in high school. We didn't have, we had flip phones or like the old Sony phones in high school. Yeah. Like, there like there was no, we didn't have social media. So it's, I can't imagine what the pressure is on teens now, but like, then for me, it was just like, I just need to get out in the world. I need to go and yeah. travel.
2: Well, you kind of answered two questions there. Um, and the first one is like how Satan, uses the music industry to influence us. I feel like you answered that really well. Something I heard you say in one of your episodes, I think with your husband on your YouTube channel was about how the word of God says to meditate on his word day and night. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're listening to this kind of music, that's now what we're meditating on we're meditating on these lyrics and that's shaping our mind our desires what we want then our actions it that's the next step Mm -hmm. um so it's that subtle influence of these are these are the words we're meditating on Um, Mm -hmm. so that's that's how satan you know uses that to influence us i also like i think you talked about him being um in charge of the orchestra in heaven
0: yeah. You know, it's funny because in, I think that's in, let me pull it up really quick. So I don't, I don't. um
2: Yeah. I would I, love that. Cause I don't know exactly where that is in scripture either, yeah. but I've heard that a lot. It's
0: um, not in second. So it could be, it's in Ezekiel 28, 12, cause I, I always read it. And that's why I always like to say when you're reading the Bible, try to read it with a concordance. So you can look at the original word, like the Hebrew root word meaning the Greek root word meaning. So you, cause a lot of, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. translations kind of got butchered over, t- over yes. time. And so, but it says in Ezekiel 28, and this is God talking to Satan. You were in Eden, the garden of God, every kind of precious stone adorns you. And then it names all these stones. And then it says your, your mountings and settings, which settings is translated to timbrel or tambourine were crafted in gold, prepared mm. on the day of creation. So this passage, there's not a lot of context in the Bible that talks about Satan's role in heaven, except for the, this particular area, which is talking about him being in the garden, not even in heaven.
1: Mm. Talk about him being in the
0: garden of Eden and that he was the instrument. He had timbrels or a tambourine built in him somehow. And so we can't really fathom the spirit world, but yeah. that to me tells me that, okay, so he h- had a sound. He could release some kind of sound. knowing that scripture and then recounting I don't know if you want me to go into it now but recounting when I encountered and why I knew it was Satan because do you want me to go into it now
2: Yeah yeah you can okay. jump over there
0: So I was already doing radio tours I had shows lined up so many things that were happening and one night I had a dream I say dream because it was more of a vision or or an out of body experience mm-hmm. but I was, it looked like I was in space and I was, it felt so real that I could feel the vibration of space. It's very weird to say this, but I'm going to try to say it as clear as I can, but I felt, there's was yeah. like this vibration happening. And I just remember hearing, feeling a voom, boom, boom. It's weird. And I was like, whoa, I'm in space and I can feel everything. Wow. This is amazing God. Because again, I always had a relationship with God. I was just in rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at I I could identify that this this area beneath me was the earth. Mm. And I would look at it and because it looked like the earth. I could see water. I could see land. And then I could see stars. And then I saw this fire in the distance. It wasn't the sun. It didn't look like the sun. It looked like literally like a suspended lake of fire. Hmm. That's what it looked like. Because I'm like, is that the sun? That's that's not the sun. It's shaped (laughs) differently. And then this being... Just comes out of the darkness. And this being is dark, dark. He's he's like just like the silhouette of him. And I remember as he's approaching me, you know, I, I see legs, I see arms. The arms are very muscular. The hands had very pointy ends, like claws. The head appeared to be bald. I couldn't see features in the face. I just saw the body. And the yeah. legs were attached to darkness. So I couldn't see feet. I just saw the legs attached to darkness. It was just dark. And as he approached me, I, I, was, I was like a little confused, but I'm like, Lord, because I knew this was a supernatural being. I don't know who, because I questioned I was like, Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: he spoke, his words weren't audible words. I felt them in my, in my body and I vibrated. And he said, no, you know who this is. And I vibrated when he spoke. And I, I immediately was gripped with fear because I knew I was living in rebellion. I knew I was constantly turning a deaf ear to God because I wanted to pursue my life my way. And so the first thing that came over me was, oh my God, I died. And I'm going to hell because I've had so many like scary moments in my life, like airplanes and situations that could have taken my life. And I would pray and ask God to forgive me. Right. Just being, just taking God's grace for granted. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I I died. No, 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 mm. no. That feeling. Oh my God! I never want to experience that feeling again. The feeling of potentially being separated from God. I never want to feel that again. Yeah. But I felt that, and I I started repenting, like crying, like forgiving, asking God to forgive me. Forgive me for lying. Forgive me for disobeying you. Know, I'm just ranting out everything I could think of for God to forgive me. And He said to me, Satan, obviously it was Satan because I knew it wasn't God because he said, you know who this is. So it's like I had a relationship with him
1: Mm. and I didn't realize.
0: And and he told me, yes. And he told me, shut up. Like it's almost like he was in a rush to tell me what he needed to tell me. And he said, if you worship me, I will give you all these things. And so I immediately became comforted. I'm like, Oh, I'm not dead. This is, this is, this is my chance. This is my last moment to choose. Basically, mm. it's the grace of God that's telling me to choose. And then when he said, um, the earth appeared like one of those um if you you know if, if you ever go to a psychic, I've never been to one, but I know that they use these balls and the balls sometimes project images. The Earth was doing that. it's projecting images huh. as He was telling me, if you worship me, I'll give you fame. I'll give you success wow. I'll give you this the man this name of a man which I Googled him. I don't think he was real. I think if if he was, it, he wasn't famous yet. And I didn't Google him after that, but I Googled this guy's name that he said and all these things. And so after he finished his spiel, I was like, no, I'm the daughter of Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he he called me the B word. He called <laughs> the, He called me the B word. And then it was like something pulled me back and I woke up with a gasp of air. And I was like, did that just happen to me? And I immediately called my mom and told her what happened. And she broke down crying and she started Mm. praying for me. And so after recalling this event over and over and over again, the fact that I would feel his words in my body. Mm. And I thought about this scripture when, when God was like, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, everything and anything you ask shall be done for you. And God was telling me I was in fellowship with the enemy because I believed the lies, and he's the father of lies, and his lies were in me. Mm. And God had to deliver me from those lies over time. He's, I'm still mm-hmm. being delivered. We're always being delivered every day, right? But um, the music aspect, he re, like him, the fact that I had that experience told mm-hmm. me that music is very important.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: a big tool, a big weapon of the enemy to use to deceive people, because again, we talked about, you mentioned the meditation part. Mm-hmm. Music is meditation. Constantly yeah. singing, singing, re- re- replaying, replaying, replaying. So much so that, speaking personally, I would listen to songs that would shape me into promis- promiscuity. Like, yep. oh, I can sleep around. I don't have to. It's okay. God will forgive me or whatever. Like, I'm. It's fine. And I would start to adopt these habits. Oh, I could smoke weed. Oh, I could be in these environments. It's 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 cool. Like, it's actually liberating. It's freeing. And it's you don't realize that's actually bondage.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I have the chills. Like I was tearing up. That's just, I can't imagine encountering him in that way that you encountered him, like somewhere between space and time. Um, Yeah. Just like out in space yeah it's crazy
0: what's crazy is so i was in new york when this happened i got on the next flight to florida which is where my family was and i went to church that sunday this was a friday i believe i went to church that sunday and the pastor was talking about three the three heavens Mm. the first heaven being like you know the atmosphere the second heaven being space and the third heaven being where god's throne is and I'm like, oh my God! I was in the second heaven. I was yeah. the heaven. like, I had this revelation. Then I would look in scripture, I'm like, oh my God! And then you know, told my pastor. I don't think he believed me when I told him what happened. But uh, I was. he believe you. <laughs> God told me what happened. Like you were here, and the enemy has domain over. He's a ruler of the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. Like he's the ruler right now. And I'm like, oh wow, God. Okay, I. And and then sh- like literally that week, the next week I called um, the owners of a label I was signed to, and I was like, guys, I I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, yeah. Because they were asking me how long you're gonna be in Florida, when are you coming back? I'm like, I think God's telling me to put everything down.
2: What's up, you guys? I'm so excited to announce a new Raised and Redeemed merch drop. We took our apparel to the next level this time with our new running to the cross design that you can order in a crew neck, hoodie, oversized tee, or even on your new favorite coffee mug. Check out this design and more on RaisedAndRedeemed.com to order yours and support
0: the show today. I was surprised how quickly hands off they became because in the music, the music industry, when you're building an artist, there's a lot of money involved.
2: <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not easy
0: to enter into the industry. Like every artist that you see has had someone backing them. Yeah. And you can hear stories about how they back them. What was the cost? So that you asked the question earlier, like, how does one sell their soul? What does that look like? And I think it's, it's not like, for most people, it's not like here's the contract and go ahead and sign your name off. No, it's not like that. It's compromising your inner moral compass that every person is given. Because exactly. God, God gives every single person a sense of eternity, the the knowledge of Him, it, it's in every single person, but because the father of lies is out there spewing lies constantly, yeah. it's about compromising um who what you believe, what what, what the truth is, um, yep. selling your soul is just compromising and yeah, that's giving, perfect. giving more of yourself to something that for, for something, for money, for fame, Yeah, when we're giving ourselves to God for his glory.
2: No, so, that's the, that's there. the best explanation. That's, I, I love the way you explain that. And I'm curious too, like, you know, I mentioned some of these famous artists that we see are like making these blatant displays nowadays with um just the satanic rituals and their concerts, um glorifying Satan and how they dress or the the artistry sort of behind their performances, yeah, and so like a question that I have is um do you think that they know that this is real and that this is really what they've done is step by step in all these small decisions sold their soul and now gotten to this point of completely glorifying Satan? Or do you think a lot of them don't even realize that any of that's real?
0: I think some realize it's real. And I think most of them don't. But be, remember, the Satan is a father of lies. So even then, mm-hmm. the lie that they're in, the veil that they're under, he can lie and say that this is the truth, freedom. This mm-hmm. is, Rebellion is freedom. Rebellion is yeah. truth. Like, who knows, right? We're not in that that. Level of deception, but many people are. And so, if you're like the Bible says that if you're, if the light in your eye is darkness, oh, how great that darkness is. Mm -hmm. Like, no one can comprehend the the depths of the darkness. So, like, I think some possibly know, but others, they just think it's a game. They see that, oh, I'm manifesting. So, this is clearly real.
1: I'm manifesting.
0: I'm manifesting. So, it's, it's right. It's like, yo, we're not, we're not sent here to become famous and make millions of dollars. That's not, our purpose. Our purpose is to know the Lord, to know God through Jesus and to be saved and then to tell everybody about him. Yeah. Use our talents and our gifts to do that. Yeah. But yeah, again, that, that scripture about like the darkness in someone's eye, how great that darkness is. No one can comprehend it. Like, and you can see like some, some artists aren't even hiding it anymore. They're doing all the symbols and all the, you know, costumes and stuff. And then also, then there's other artists yeah. who maybe aren't. But again, when you listen to these songs or you watch these movies, what does it make you feel like? Oh, I yeah. got to make money. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to ignore everyone. I got to be selfish. I gotta. What What is it making you feel and yeah. what is it making you produce? That is yeah. clear evidence of the spirit behind the, the songs you're listening to.
2: Yeah, that same urgency that you felt when you were in the presence of Satan, that that rush. Um yeah, I noticed that a lot about his presence. And I'm I love how you answered that question too and and I like that you shared when you got started like it was innocent for you because I think for most people it is like they want to perform, they want to sing, like they start yeah. off so wholesome. And like selling your soul, like you said, it's not just like a contract you sign, but it's a step-by-step, each decision that you make that takes you further away from God. Um, It's like this gradual yeah. an ongoing sort of process of continuing to sell your soul. But so long Absolutely. as there's still breath in your lungs, like redemption is still possible. And that it seems yeah. like that's something that you were aware of when you were in that space between space and time with Satan, that oh, wait, I am still alive. There is still hope for me. And there's something else about that vision that's really interesting. It's like, we know that psychics are demonic um, Mm -hmm. and that they're channeling demons. And so the fact that Satan, the way he showed you what he was presenting you was in that similar kind of crystal ball as a psychic. Mm -hmm. Just that's Mm -hmm. an interesting thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. um, How you felt his words vibrating through you, going back to that scripture you shared about like, how he was the instrument mm-hmm. that you, you felt his words mm-hmm. in you. And then there was one, there was one other thing um, about him using profanity. That's so in his nature to, to do that's, that. As can I well. just say,
0: that's why I don't like the B word and how mm-hmm. women even use it casually. Like, Oh girl, like, you know, and they say it or, or men, calling is as, as endearing no yeah. i i it's so disrespectful it's so it's disdain for humanity and also anything that the enemy does it's it's he tries to replicate the working of god but in reverse mm-hmm. so i look at a positive negative chart like the enemy's negative god's positive so like
1: yeah.
0: um even like the the words like i i i think about the scripture with in second kings where elisha they asked him to prophesy and he was like okay bring me a musician so that the musician can play so he can get into the spirits. And then it says Mm -hmm. that when the musician was playing, the hand of God came upon Elisha and then he started to prophesy. So like music is so powerful and it ushers in either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. It's, it's an instrument to bring forth either demons or angels or, you know what I mean? Like God's word or the lies of the enemy.
2: After you had this vision, then you went to church that next Sunday and you you were repenting, you were turning your life back, you called your mom, um, got back connected with, you know, the other believers in your life who maybe, did you find yourself distancing from them while you were in the world?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they would reach out to me like, hey, how's it going? I see that you're doing this and I would ignore them because um, I, I, I I felt like they might judge me or that they are judging me. And that's just like, again, the lie of the enemy. Like they were never judging me. They just wanted to see how I was doing.
2: Yeah. But because I was living
0: in rebellion, anything, any person associated with Christianity, I was like, I can't spend too much time with them because I'll feel guilty. Yes. And then I, I'm, on a, I'm on a goal. I have to achieve these goals first and then I'll ask, I'll really repent. But then, whenever mm-hmm. I had these life-threatening moments, I'd be like, "Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I will never do this again." Like, yeah, I, I, I thought I might have. I thought I caught an STD once, and I was praying, "Oh my God, I'll never just, I'll never sleep around. Just please, don't let this be positive, whatever." <laughs> or like on an airplane, and we were falling, and the apparently like a big hail hit the front of the plane and cracked the windshield, so they had to like descend fast. I thought everyone thought they were gonna die. Like, Laura, please, I promise I'll never, whatever, I'll come to you. Just save my life. Like all these moments of repentance, which was not, it was just me being fearful. Never.
2: Then you had like an ultimate moment of like true repentance though, where now you, you did come back to him. I bet that was so hard to sacrifice this old life. Yeah. Like That had been, that had been all of your goals and your dreams and like who you thought that you were. So what was that like? And what sort of, like, what was the next part of the process like for you of of laying those things down?
0: Yeah. Um, I was a bit embarrassed because when I shared my story with some of the people on my team, you know, my manager specifically was like, oh, it's just a bad dream. I was like, bad dreams don't make me feel like this. This is life altering. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not a dream. This is more real than me talking to you right now. Um, yeah. Or like, I felt embarrassed. But again, God kind of he really stepped in and allowed those doors to close so that I could really focus on him. Like I went on a fast, my first fast ever in life. And I had never read scripture the way I read when I was on the fast. I didn't, I was looking at the sky, it looked different. It was just like, God was really like removing the scales from my eyes um, and Mm -hmm. making me just look to him and not worry about what's happening around me, just keep my eyes on him. I, I had to move out of, I was living in Miami at the time. I had to move. So he moved me. From Miami to LA, which is weird. I I thought, you know, oh, LA is full of demons, but actually, that's where I came to know Jesus for myself, for real. Yeah. And at my at my old church at the time there, so, um, he just completely reordered my steps.
1: Mm. He
0: gave me the desire to pursue him, and then he brought other people who were young like me who had similar desires with wanting to be actors and producers and sing, like singers, like he brought them in my circle and they actually were on fire for God. Like, so I was like, oh, wow, if they, if they can love him like this and pray like this and pursue like this, so can I, it was very encouraging. Yeah. And, and I'm still friends with these people. This is, this was like, when I made this change, it was like, I was 25 and God was every day. God was delivering me every day. He was, you know, just reordering my steps, and I, and I'm not to say it was perfect. Like I still made mistakes, I still you know stumbled, but it was different. Now it was like he was teaching me things, and I had a desire to go to him as opposed to turn from him. Because that yeah. when he says there's no shame and condemnation in him, he means it. Mm. Like when I actually seek his face, I feel forgiveness I feel the love of God I feel okay now let's let me show you where I want to take you because all yep. sin does is keep you in bondage where you're not moving and you're yep. not living for God and it's like yo he's like come on let's clean you up we got work to do <laughs> like yeah. we spend time oh what was me but he's like I'll wait for you to have your tangent when you're done I'll come in and bring you out of that and then yep. we come follow me it's it's very simple but it's it's not easy <laughs> to follow no, God.
2: I- And he's so gracious uh, in that time of sanctification. I noticed that for me, like, I was so afraid when I first became a Christian. I'm like, how am I going to be good at this? Like, I, you know, I had all these sins that were my habits and my addictions. And I remember panicking, like, oh, my gosh, how can I just change my whole life, my ways, my environment, everything? Yeah, and primarily. over time, I learned that he's, like, a good father and he yeah. will help us change step by step. And we just keep pulling closer to him. And yeah. and we don't need to worry about being perfect overnight. Like, he he yeah. will help us get there. He's not, like you know, the Zeus in the sky waiting to strike us down when we mess up. Like he is a father who wants us to come to him and ask for forgiveness. And okay, I know I messed up again, but show me, show me how, like, show me how to do this right and do this your way. Um, So I love that you experienced that too. Um, And then just kind of talking about how like Satan uses music to sort of groom us and mm. shape our desires, but then when you turn back to God, now your desires are being changed. So how did God like redeem your purpose, your gifting, and your desires?
0: literally one day at a time, so I had this urge to serve in my church, and so mm. I just which is i served I was looking for a space i't knew i didn't want to be a sure gatekeeper i'm like, what can I do and I was a little intimidated to join the worship team because they were like amazing singers. And I, I didn't Mm. think I was that good enough to do that. So I was like, Oh, I'll join the prayer team. And I was not, I never considered myself to be a prayer warrior. And, but I see how God orchestrated that to teach me how to pray. Mm. His word and how to mount up on his word and how to use his, Word. you know what I mean? Like I, he taught me in serving. And then that just kind of like. opened the door to teach me more of the spiritual warfare and the, necessity of our weapons of warfare and the the sword of the spirit like he really taught me how to really like mount like gave me armor and once I have all my armor then I could go out and really be a witness. Yeah. Um and he just one day at a time I I eventually like I was in prayer. I'm like Lord I really I still want to sing. I still have this desire. What do what do I do? And I had a vision of me singing on stage at my church. And I'm like, well how am I going to get I auditioned they didn't call me back. Like what do I do? And you know, how we, you know, when God shows us something, we, we want to argue it, like, but yeah. how, Yeah, um, and then eventually like he s- skipped the line and went straight to the source. Like the, 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 the MD of the worship team at the time heard one of my old songs. And he's like, oh, you're on the team. You're on the team now. And I was like, but I, I, I don't have to audition again. You're on the team. So next I was there at the next rehearsal wow. and I was singing and on stage and I, and I served in that. And, and, God started opening my eyes to seeing people and seeing what God wants to do in their lives and that's when I started to desire prophecy and
1: mm-hmm.
0: God what do you want to say to them and and using just just learning and observing and just singing and just worshiping and yeah eventually that led to me um there was an opportunity to lead the women's ministry at my church and they called me and I eventually started to lead the women's ministry. All the while, all these, all these opportunities that came up, I never felt qualified. But I'm like, God, if you're, call, if you're calling me here, I'll go. I'll <laughs> you go. literally
2: opened for Nicki Minaj and you're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to be on my church's worship team.
0: <laughs> well, I, I have, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm the worst of them. How the heck am I going to do this? But oh it's not God. by my or by power. Yeah. And so then that led, um, I was leading the women's ministry for maybe like a year. And I had to stop because I got pregnant and back-to-back pregnancies. And it was just a lot. But eventually, my husband and I ended up getting ordained in 2019 as pastors. And we're like, is, he, is our pastor sure he wants to do this? Like, what does he mean by ordained? Like, ordained to just talk? Ordained to, you know, do what we're doing now? But it was like, no, ordained as pastors. And we're like, what on earth is happening? <laughs> I never saw that in my future. I didn't see yeah. that. I never saw that. And And now here we are, fast forward. 2024 my husband and I started a church out here in Alpharetta, Georgia, which is crazy because it's a Bible belt. There's churches on every corner. Yeah. Um but we're like we, we've made it up in our mind a long time ago that we're dead. We don't we're not alive anymore. It's God in us. So whatever mm. he wants to do. And and to your question again, like God gave me the desire to want to live for him. Yeah. He gave me the desire to want to read and want to pursue him. So like for anyone that's listening to this and like, how can I change? How can I, it's not about you changing. It's not about what you can do. It's about what Christ did for us. And then he dwells in us to empower us to do his will. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to please God. It's all (laughs) Jesus in you. And so like Mm -hmm. just the word is just to surrender every day, one day at a time. Yep. Don't look too far ahead, don't try to cast too many visions ahead of you, don't try to like figure out how you're going to do it. Just one day at a time, make it up in your mind to surrender every day to God and then he will he will honor and meet you where you are.
2: Mhm. Oh, that's amazing. That's a complete 180. Yes. Um something I I listened to a video like I said with you and your husband um talking about like the simplicity of your life now. Yeah. So to just kind of like pulling from that vision you had again how satan presented like all the riches all the fame mm-hmm. this random man's name you didn't know of at the time but like mm-hmm. the same thing he did with jesus yeah. at the mountain i don't know where exactly that is in scripture but when he took jesus to the mountain and was like i can give you all of this if you mm-hmm. just serve me like yeah. he does this on a small scale in each of our lives like yeah. Yeah, we're given this the same question, mm-hmm. um, and so you turned that down you're like no i'm a daughter of god had this 180 and now like you talked a little bit in that video about like we weren't meant to carry the weight of fame like yeah. how that can be so crippling um especially if you're not anchored in god uh, yeah. that can be that can be a really heavy weight to carry so now your life is more simple you're living out these this purpose and this gifting that god has given you but your end goal is no longer fame yeah, and recognition. No.
0: Yeah, and people, it's crazy when I when I on that podcast that you you're referring to. There, we got some backlash. Oh, the scripture says like He will make our name great. It's like He was talking to Abraham. He wasn't talking <laughs> to me, Christina, or mm. you. You know, yeah,
2: because not every, some things are just you know about the story, and other things apply to us, but not everything yeah, is about yeah, us.
0: It's like you you. The Bible says to rightly divide the word of truth and no, like the Bible was written for us, not to us. And so anyway, like, yeah, we're supposed to make Jesus famous and then he exalts who he wants to exalt. And he says like, if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Mm-hmm. And God humbled me because I was trying to exalt myself hard and he humbled me so hard, so low, but I'm thankful yeah. that he did because you know, it's, This is our time to choose. And what you do here matters in eternity.
2: Amen. Have any of these people from your old life reached out or given you flack for this transformation?
0: You know, what's crazy is they did not. And I can't say that they weren't talking about me behind my back. I'm pretty sure they were, but (laughs) they probably think I'm some crazy Christian chick now. Yeah. And I don't care. Like, but no, He, he silenced the voice of the enemy. And Mm -hmm. so I, yeah, he took care of all that. All I had to do was follow him and he will close the doors. He will close the mouth, the lion's mouth. And he did all that. And there were moments where I, you know, oh my God, like my first video I posted on IG talking about God. I'm like, what are they going to say? Like most of my followers are following me from the music world. And so, yeah, they started dropping like flies, but I'm like, Lord, you're telling me to speak out. I'm going to speak out yeah I can't care about anything else, and I think too the desire remember the enemy perverts our desires, so if god if you are five years old and you see yourself on a stage, that God is equipping you to be in front of people, He's giving you that comfort to be in front of people. Other people are cool to just write, and he's giving you the the intellect to spend time with words and writing mm-hmm. and communicating, so knowing your gifts is great. And having them are great, but they're to glorify God. Yes. Point blank. And so I'm, I'm still singing now. I sing at my church. I, I released one song like a few months ago, just, it's just a testimony song. Mm-hmm. God's been doing revealing a lot to me about music. And it's like, it's not about producing song after song. It's about producing a song that leads to life. And anything we do with, oh. with God is eternal. Like it lasts
2: Wow, Even in the
0: world you got to produce the next song because it it dies quickly. Wow, but things in God they transcend time and they they last. So I I'm still prayerful about producing like worship songs, but I'm I'm singing now. So I feel I'm I'm content. I'm fulfilled. I have a wonderful marriage. I have three healthy boys um, that are so challenging, but I'm learning a lot about God. <laughs> and their mother and. God has provided for us like we want for nothing. And my my goal is just to share what God has done in my life and what he can do in yours and just following him and trusting him. And yeah, he really does remove, like you said something earlier about someone like, how can I follow God or how can I live right? It's like God will literally remove the desires of the world and give you his desires and then you you realize like oh this is so much better yeah. than what i was doing
2: yeah the the fruits are there like the actual fruits of you have this like you said this family this peace this contentment this yeah. true purpose you're not carrying the guilt and shame that you carried when you were operating you know using maybe similar gifts but for the devil's glory instead you don't carry that guilt and shame um or fear or or any of those things anymore and i i can just see that in your life and like looking at your social media too it's like this just simplicity of the lord and yeah. and it's still fruitful and you still like have a following but you're not feeling this like rush to produce and, and create and and i yeah. feel that too like i'm receiving that message cuz i'm somebody who like i'm a high achiever and i always yeah. want to be I'm six months pregnant right now. So I just scaled the podcast. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So I'm now focusing more on becoming a mom. And it's something I heard you talk about with your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the simple life of the Lord. Like I'm scaling the podcast down from four episodes a month to two episodes a month. And I'm just trying to give myself permission that that's okay. Yep. And like, I don't need to be mass producing for the Lord. Yes. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, because then you start doing it on your own strength. And then it becomes yeah. work and yeah. it's supposed to be a current. Like I talk always talk about there's a current in the spirit. And then you just, when you go into a current, you just, it takes you, you have no, you can't push back. You you just rest in it. So yeah, like I only produce when I feel like I have to do this. I feel if, if I don't do this, I'll, it's it's weird. But then there are other times where I feel like, okay, I'm forcing it. Let me not even, Yes. whatever God wants to do with it. like So like, that's the, the best place to be because he's the one that, opens doors, closes doors, like promotes and all that stuff. So
2: no, that's so good. Yeah. I just feel peace in that message that I love that. So we are kind of hitting time here. I just wanted to ask, um, if there's, if you want to share with the listeners, how they can find you, stay connected with you. And then if you had any final message or prayer for somebody who is maybe like your old self, a young girl or somebody who's. Wanting to be famous and get into the music industry or perform, just what your prayer would be for them?
0: Sure. Um, so I'll pray first and then I'll sh- share how people can count, um, keep up with us. But okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your gentleness. And Father, you know everyone who's watching this, everyone who comes across this, how this will be shared. But I just pray that as they've listened to this this story, my testimony, even what Michaela was sharing, Lord God, that the chains will fall, that your peace that surpasses all understanding will rest on them, and that... You will just show them who they are in you, Lord God, that you will give them the desires of your heart, God. Mm -hmm. And Lord God, your word says that those who thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So I thank you, Lord, that you will fill them, oh God, with righteousness, God. And thank you also, Lord, for sending someone who's watching healthy community to be built Mm -hmm. in God. Healthy friendships, God, who love you, where iron sharpens iron, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that this message will take root and you will continue to water and cause every fruit and tree to grow in Jesus' name. And, yeah, my husband and I, were here in Alpharetta, Georgia. Our ministry is called Activate Ministries. So our, our, our YouTube handle is, our Instagram handle is activate.thechurch. Mm-hmm. And YouTube is Activate Ministries. Um, you can email us at info at activateministries.org. And we just we're we're a small church, but we're growing. It's crazy how we're seeing new people every week. And our job is just to cultivate a space for people to worship God, to pray, to read yeah. the Word, and to build community. And and just to prepare, you know, like this. We see the world is dying. We see wars. It's not going to go anywhere. It's it's only going to get worse. And so we yeah. have to be prepared.